Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. Good to see some of our friends here tonight. In fact, all of you as friends, if you love Jesus, I'm your friend. Amen. Yes, sir. Luke chapter number 11. I'm sorry, Luke chapter number 10, verse number 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him, say this little phrase with me, half dead. By chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by, on the other side. I'm glad that that's not the end of the story. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes. I'm glad it doesn't close right there. Right. Well, that old boy wounded, deserted, half dead. Look in verse number 33. But. I like it when the Lord butts in. Amen. Business picks up when the Lord butts in. Amen. But a certain Samaritan as he journeyed, Amen. came where he was. Hallelujah. And when he saw him, here's the difference. He had compassion on him Amen. and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn. And say this a little loud out loud with me. And took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, say this little line out loud with me, when I come again, I will repay thee. I love the parables that Jesus gave. And someone said, what is a parable? Well, a parable to me is an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. It is something that happened on the earth, but it illustrates heavenly truth. I heard a preacher the other day was lambasting preachers who use illustrations. He said, you shouldn't use illustrations. Well, Jesus did. Right, right. And I think anything Jesus did or said, I believe I can give it a trust. Yes, amen. Yes, right. amen. And that's what these parables were. They were spiritual illustrations. Sometimes Jesus used the force of nature in some of those parables. Sometimes he used historical events from the past. 
But the ones I really love are the ones that Jesus used in the human realm. Those that directly affect your life and mine. Yes. And listen to me tonight. The Bible is the Word of God. Right. right. But it's about people. Yes, sir. It's the Word of God, but it's about people. Yes. Right. How God works in the life of people. Yes, sir. Now, I'm glad God can work in a storm. Yes, sir. I'm glad He can work in fire and wind and rain and water. I'm glad for all of that. I'm glad He can make a mountain move. I'm glad God can do that. But I'm really thrilled tonight that God can work in my everyday life. In spite of my hang-ups, in spite of my problems, in spite of my inabilities, God is able to work in my life. And I believe one of the greatest people parables is the one we call the parable of the Good Samaritan. Yes, sir. But literally, it's not the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's about this fallen man sure. who had a need in his life. And God used the Good Samaritan yeah. to meet that need. Right. right. We meet this man in the opening verse, a certain man. And when you get through reading verse number 30, the Lord has painted a picture of a man in a place, I believe, that is beyond desperation. Right. Let me say that again. He is in a place beyond desperation. Yeah. It describes him in verse number 30, number one, as a fallen man. He fell. He didn't jump. He fell. Right. He didn't run, but he fell. Right. Out of the words, something unexpected sure. happened to this man. Yes. And brother, I want to promise you there are unexpected storms, right. unexpected problems, right. unexpected disappointments that's going to come to all of our lives. I don't believe anybody plans on getting sick. Right. My wife told me, she said, Joe, you've been planning your funeral before we ever got married. So I told her that when I die, I put on my tombstone, I told you I wasn't feeling good. <laughs> but nobody plans on right, right. getting cats. We don't plan on having heart attacks. Right. Back during December of 19, I had a staff meeting and I said, now this is going to be our theme for 2020, mm. 2020 vision. I said, we're going to see things in 2020. <laughs> oh, I hate I said that. <laughs> like we've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> Did we ever? Uh, right. By April, I'm shooting the signs down out of the light poles we had put up. I'm throwing away all the bracelets we made, throwing away all the buttons. Man, we didn't plan on COVID-19. Right. We don't plan on disasters. He fell mm. among thieves. Sure. He didn't jump in. He didn't lay down. He didn't plan it. Something unexpected happened to this man. Sure. Right. Notice what it says in verse number 30. He just didn't fall. 
but he falls among thieves. Mm -hmm. Now, when you think of a thief outside of a politician, what do you think of? <laughs> you, you think of people taking advantage yes, right. of somebody. Sure. I've heard my daddy say over and over again, Two things that just got him was liars and thieves. Uh -huh. yeah. Don't steal it from me. If you need it that bad, ask me for it. And if I'm in a good mood, I might give it to you. <laughs> but you think of a thief. You think of somebody that will take advantage of you. They'll take something from you that is not there. I call them the abusers right. of society. Mm -hmm. So, brother, not only is this man had something unexpected, right. he is the object of abuse. Yes, sir. He's falling among thieves. They're taking from this man something that is not theirs. They're taking advantage of this man. They are abusing this man. So much that I'll tell you right now, nobody's ever going to take advantage of me. Well, you better die tonight. Right. Right. Because if you live many more days beyond this point, somebody right. is going to do you right. in. Sure. Right. They're going to take advantage of you. You will be the object of abuse. Mm -hmm. So this man is not only falling, he is not only abused. But notice verse number 30, after he falls among thieves, the Bible said, they strip him of his raiment. Listen to this. They take everything from him, even the last stitch of clothes that's on his body. I'm not being vulgar tonight, but when they got through with this man, he was naked. Yes, sir. They stripped from him everything that was dear to him. And when they got through with him, even the stitching of clothes was off of his body. Notice what the Bible said, unexpected. He was abused. He was stripped. And then notice the next word in verse number 30. They wounded him. I looked up that little word wound, and it means a cut that is so deep, the bone is exposed. Yes. Now, they didn't thump him. They didn't slap him. They didn't bruise him. They didn't knock him around a little bit. They wounded him. Right. They cut him deeply. Here's a man that's wounded beyond compare. And I have never preached to a society any more wounded yes, than the society that I'm preaching in. Right. Families wounded. Yes, Hearts wounded. Yes, sir. Minds wounded, lives wounded. Yes, right. I talked to a friend of mine the other day that, that that was a family in their church that their son-in-law in a rage had murdered their, their, little, their little girl. And you see these people that are so wounded, physically wounded, spiritually wounded, emotionally wounded. In fact, sometimes being emotionally wounded hurts even more than sure. being physically wounded. Sure. Yes. By the way tonight, if somebody comes up to you and tells you that they're having depression or they're having anxiety, 
You take that serious. You saw it's just all in your head. No, it's in your heart and in your head. Brother, people are wounded in our society. And I want to tell you, if the devil had his way about it, he would put a mortal wound on all of our churches. I heard the other day, preacher, well, there's a little church below us that didn't make it past COVID. So many people quit coming and wouldn't come back. There was nobody left but the preacher and his little family. And they closed the door of the church. Brother, we are living in a wounded society. Our nation's wounded tonight. Families are wounded tonight. Broken hearts and broken lives. This man is deeply wounded. And when you read verse number 30, you think, well, what could be worse than falling? Something unexpected. What could be worse than being abused? What could be worse than being stripped? What could be worse than being mortally wounded? Well, to add insult to injury, verse number 30, they left him that way. They deserted him. They left this man. Bleeding, wounded, naked, afraid, hurt, abused. They left him to die on the side of the road. I don't think I've ever read a portion of Scripture other than being lost forever, the rich man in hell, any more pitiful, hurtful than the man that I see in this Scripture. He's fallen He's abused, he is stripped, he is naked, he is bleeding, he is wounded, and they've left him that way. They have deserted this man. They have left him to die in a ditch on the side of the road. And he would have hmm, if somebody had to come along and had compassion on him. I'm trying to establish the fact this is a man in a place of total desperation and utter despair. But that's not the title of my sermon. The title of my message tonight, you ain't going to believe it. But I'm going to give it to you. And you're going to think I've not even read the scripture, but I'm going somewhere. Amen. I want to preach tonight on it ain't as bad as it seems. You say, preacher, you just said this man was falling. Something unexpected. I did, but it ain't as bad as it seems. Brother Joe, you just said this man had fallen among thieves. They took advantage of him. I did. But it ain't as bad as it seems. Brother Joe, you said this man, by the time they got through with him, they had taken even the stitching of clothes off his body. I did, but it ain't as bad as it seems. You said, Brother Joe, that they wounded this man, mortally wounded this man, cut him so deep his bones was exposed. I did. But it's not as bad as it seems. (laughs) Brother Joe, you said they deserted him. They forsook him. They left him cold, bleeding, dying, hungry, naked, deserted, on the side of the road to die. I did. All of the above. I said it. But it's not as bad as it seems. (laughs) Brother Joe, would you like to clear that up? 
I'd love to. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit witness, witnesses to my heart. It's not as bad as it seems. They asked Hinkle Little one time, said, Hinkle Little, have you been fighting a good fight? He said, I don't know if I've been fighting a good fight, but I've been in a good fight. <laughs> Sometimes we need to be reminded, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, sure. no matter what it smells like or tastes like, yeah. man, it's not as bad as it seems. Amen. Amen. I'm glad what you said a while ago when you was leading the song. You've read the back of the book. Amen. We're on the winning side. Amen. It must not be as bad as it seems. Amen. I'm just quoting the song leader. I mean, he leads your singing. He said it here. You said it. We're on the winning side. You said you've read the last chapter. It must not be as bad as it seems. Because, brother, right now, sometimes I don't feel like I'm on the winning side. Sometimes I feel like my side ain't even showed up. But it ain't as bad as it seems. Man, during COVID, I, I watched our church, like, you know, in January of, two, of 2020. I come in on the first Sunday night in January, and I said to my wife, Julie, I said, this is the year. We've been here 35 years. This is the year. We're going to make a church this year, man. It's going to happen. We're going to have to have the law direct to traffic. I'm going to have to parachute from a helicopter in on the pulpit. This is the year. I will never say that again. Brother. And if you'd have told me that Friday night we made that call, cast that we're not going to have church on Sunday morning. Walmart was going to be open. The abortion clinic was going to be open. Oh my! The beer joint was going to be open. Yes, sir. Harvest Tabernacle Church would be closed. And if you'd have said to me, it ain't as bad as it seemed, I'd be about to hit you with a two-by-four. <laughs> but, brother, I need to be reminded, it's not as bad as it seems. Amen. Amen. It's not as bad as it seems. Go ahead. Aren't you glad there's life on the other side of disappointment? Amen. Aren't you glad there's life on the other side of being deserted? Yes, sir. Aren't you glad there's life on the other side of being abused? Yes, sir. Aren't you glad there's life on the other side of being stripped? Yeah. Aren't you glad there's life on the other side of being wounded? Yes, sir. Aren't you glad there's life on the other side of being deserted and forsaken? There's life on the other side. Amen. Amen. The man didn't die in the ditch. God wrote some more verses. Amen. And more, I'm reminded myself. There's life on the other side of COVID. Amen. There's life on the other side of Joe Biden. Amen. Maybe not Nancy, but Joe. Say amen. amen. Oh, there's life on the other side of disappointment. There's life on the other side. On the other side of hurt. There's life on the other side of pain. There's life on the other side of being forsaken. Because it's not as bad as it's seen. Amen. And I'm going to prove it right here in the text. Number one, there's a principle that we need 
to recognize. What is it? Well, it says in verse number 30 that they wounded him, leaving him half dead. It's not as bad as it seems because you're still alive. You say, Brother Joe, he's half dead. Well, I'll agree. Half dead is bad. But half dead ain't bad as sure enough dead. Can I get a witness? I mean, half dead ain't good. Half dead's bad. Half dead's hurt. But half dead ain't nearly bad as totally dead. Completely dead. Thoroughly dead. Now, I have a hard time looking at things like that. My friends tell me all the time, Joe... You're one of the most depressing people to be around <laughs> because you don't see the half full glass. You see the half empty. I'm sorry. I'm just made up that way. If I sneeze, I'm going to die. <laughs> the phone rings, my mother-in-law's coming for a month. Uh-oh. I'm just that way. And I'm not by myself. Yeah. There's women in here, and all of y'all are that way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm, I'm sorry, that didn't go on. The song was the only one that said amen. No, we all have tendencies. To look at the worst of the situation. Yes, right. Yes. I don't know what this old boy's name is. The Bible doesn't tell us he's just a man. But if he's going down from Jerusalem, uh, he's going. He's been up north and he's going south. And so if he's going south and he's from the south and he's a man, his nickname has got to be at least Bubba, wouldn't you say amen? (laughs) And I don't know what this guy's name is, but maybe it might be Bubba. I don't know what it is. But I'd like to lay down in that ditch beside of him, and I'd like to rub that blood off his face, and I'd like to say, son, look in my eyes. It's not as bad as it seems. And I hear him say, Brother Joe, look at me. I'm sick. I'm deserted. I'm wounded. Look at the scars, the wounds, the blood. I'm barely alive. But I want to say, yeah, but you're still alive. Right. You're half dead. That means there's still hope. Amen. That means your heart is still beating. That means your lungs are still breathing. That means your mental faculties are still working. If you are half alive, then that means you can get over this. It's not as bad as it seems because He's just half dead. He's still alive. And may I say to the church, we're still alive. God's church may be wounded, but she's still alive. We may be few and we may be faint, but we're still alive. Door's still open. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Lights are still on. Amen. Thank God the air conditioning's still working. (laughs) It may be a Ford, but she'll still crank. Yes, sir. (laughs) We're still alive. Amen. That means God is still alive. Yes, sir. Hope is still alive. Amen. Prayer is still alive. Faith. 
faith is still alive. Amen. Courage is still alive. Amen. Power is still alive. Amen. The promises of God are still alive. Amen. The word of God is still alive. Amen. The Holy Ghost is still alive. Amen. The blood of Jesus is still alive. Amen. You're still saved. Amen. You're still the Lord's. You're still in the family. And God still answers prayer. It ain't all that bad. You're just half dead. You're still alive. Amen. There's that little amber of hope. That God can stir around in your soul. Yes, sir. Amen. And that little ember of hope can flame again Amen. through the power of God. Yes. The house we lived in before the one we lived in now, we, we had a fireplace. <coughs> and I didn't grow up in the Great Depression. I didn't grow up, you know, milking cows and plowing with mules. And I didn't grow up with wood stoves. I grew up in that generation, mash a button, flip a switch, bam, yep. there it is. Yeah. Amen. That's how my wife cooked when we first got married. <laughs> That's how my wife cooks 37 years after being married. <laughs> you pour it in a bowl, put it in this thing, push a button, a dinger goes off, and you eat it, and if you say anything about it, you may wear it. <laughs> And you young fellas don't ever look at your new wife and say, that ain't as good as my mama. <laughs> or you'll be eating at Zesto's and McDonald's right. for a long time. <laughs> and man, I, I, I didn't grow up around that kind of thing. So when we got our first fireplace, I didn't even know how to build a fire. I went out there to the store and I bought me some, some logs. I put them logs in that fire and I went through a whole box of matches. And I never did get one of them logs to catch on fire. And finally one of the old timers come by to see me one day and I said, you know how to build a fire? He said, preacher, get out of the way. Man, he showed me how to go through and build a fire. And was up there one night after he left and that thing was dying and and I called him, I said, my fire's dead. He said, is there any red spots? I said, yeah, there's a couple of red spots. The very bottom. Come on, David. Yes, hallelujah. Go ahead. He said, get on your knees. Yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, man. Yeah. Get on your knees. Hey, man. Hey, man. Yeah, that's where you start. <laughs> Hey, hey. That's right. He said, get on your knees and get real close to them red spots and just gently breathe on them, blow on them. Right. And I said, what's that going to do? He said, get on your knees and find out. Hey, and I got on my knees and I stuck my head in that hole in that fireplace and I just went... And the next thing I know, we got a flame. We got a fire. And son, when them big old logs caught on fire, we got a fire all night long. And I was sitting there looking at that boy. God said, son, sometimes the old cold winds and problems and storms and disappointments seemingly put out your fire. And you'll think I'm gone. 
you'll think I forsook you, and the devil will come by and tell you it's over. But get on your knees. And let the Holy Ghost just blow on you real gently, real good. And it won't be long. The little embers becomes a flame, and the flame becomes a fire. You say, I walked in here tonight thinking it's over. You ain't by yourself. But get on your knees and get close to the Lord. And he'll blow on them embers in your soul, and it won't be long till the fire goes to burning again. I love what the primitive quartet used to say. The flame is flickered, but the fire has never gone out. It's not as bad as it seems. There's a principle we need to recognize. We're not completely dead. We're not completely done. It's not completely over. We're just half. We're still alive. That means pray again. Read again. Trust again. Hope again. God's able to take out of the ashes and have the fire kindle again. It's not as bad as it seems. That's a principle you need to remember. Half dead. That means you're still alive. Number two, look if you will in verse number 33. There's a person that you need to receive. It's not as bad as it seems because there is somebody who can help you. Back up in verse 31, verse number 32, if this fallen man would have been alive today, he'd have had a podcast (laughs) on the internet. Yes, sir. Flapping his mouth about all the disappointments he had at church. Sure. Sure. Exactly right. Especially if he'd have been an independent Baptist. Mm -hmm. He'd have had a podcast trying to get everybody to recover (laughs) from the fall. Oh, I got hurt. I got disappointed. Well, I don't guess the government's ever disappointed anybody. (laughs) Hello. I don't guess people's jobs ever disappointed anybody. Uh, You saw I've never been disappointed. You ever had a teenager? (laughs) A child can go to bed at 12 perfectly normal and wake up 13 crazy in a football bat. (laughs) You know I'm down at rise. You ever been disappointed in your job? You ever been disappointed in the weather? Uh You know we all get disappointed. And brother... When you get disappointed in church, you do like you do when you get disappointed in the government. Pay your taxes and shut up and go on. Right. Amen. When you get hurt in church, you do like you do when you get hurt by the weather. Put on your galoshes and your umbrella and swim on. Yes, sir. Amen. You do like you do at your job. You suck it up, pay your dues, and get your paycheck and pay your bill. Brother, you're going to get hurt at church. You're going to get hurt at home. You're going to get on a job. As long as you are around another human being, somebody's going to act stupid in your life somewhere. That's right. Yes, sir. Verse 31 and 32, it would have been so easy for this man to be bitter at humanity. That's right. right. Look who lets him down in verse number 31. Oh, my. The priest. He's a picture of religion. Yes, sir. Why, if anybody ought to help a hurting man, it ought to be a man of the cloth. Yes. You know what a priest was in the Bible? He was a man of the people. 
to love people, to accept people, to help people, and to pray for people. And literally this, a priest is somebody who prayed for people who couldn't pray for themselves. And if anybody ought to have mercy on this man and help this man, it ought to be the priest, the religious leader of the day. Right. But yet when he sees him, he don't want to get his hands dirty, so he passes him by and leaves him wounded, leaves him forsaken, leaves him messed up. He leaves him just like he found. Man, wouldn't it have been easy for that old boy to say, hey, going to church again. I ain't never going to have no more Christian friends. All them preachers are hypocrites. Yes, sir. You know who says that? The biggest hypocrite you've ever made in your life. Yes, right. Kind of get a witness. Amen. Well, look what happens in verse number 32. Here comes the Levite. How about that? That's worse than the priest. You know what the Levite was in that day? They were a tribe of people that God had given the privilege to take his word and transcribe it in the language of the people. Right. So therefore this Levite, he knows the Old Testament like the back of his hand. Yeah, right. He knew what the psalmist said about God being our refuge, God being our strong tower, this poor man cried, won't hurt him, saved him out of all of it. He knows all of that. He knew the book of Isaiah that the Lord was going to send the Messiah to heal the brokenhearted, to give sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who had been held captive. He had read about the good shepherd. He had read about they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He had read about the bomb in Gilead. He had read about the sympathizing Savior. Yes. He had read about the high tower of God. He had read the Old Testament. He knew enough to know that God loves hurting people and God can help hurting people. But listen, he knows it all up here and he don't have anything down here. Brother, you can know everything there is about the Bible. And be cold in your heart. Yes, right. And never apply any of it. And so here's a man who knows the Old Testament. He knows the Psalms. He knows the prophets. He knows how God has worked in the life of Jacob and Moses and Joseph. He knows God helps the forsaken. He knows God helps the hurting. But for some reason, he stares at the guy, passes him by, and leaves him like he finds him. It would have been so easy for this old boy to say, hmm, next time, I, next time somebody comes up to me and they got a Bible in their hand, I know who they are. They're hypocrites. Well, them Bible people, them religious people, they don't help nobody. It wasn't the drunks and the whoremongers and the sinners that had forsaken this man and wouldn't help this man and turn this man aside. It was good, moral, religious people of the day. But the problem is they had it all in their head and they didn't have any of it in their heart. Mm. There is one word that separates three characters in this parable. You've got the priest, you got the Levite, and you've got the Good Samaritan. And there is one word that separates the Good Samaritan from the priest and the Levite. Yes, right. Well, they all three saw the man. Right. That's right. 
They all three came within arm's distance of the man. But as two walked on, one stopped to help. And there is one word. You find it in the book of Jude in the 22nd verse. And you find it in this phrase, out of some having compassion. Amen. Finish it. Making a difference. You see that verse in action right here in this text. The priest has got it all, but no compassion. The Levites got it all, but no compassion. But yet the Bible said about the Good Samaritan in verse number 33, but as he journeyed, the certain Samaritan came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Amen. Can I remind you that he saw the same man? Right, yes. right, right. He saw the same mess. Yes. Right. He saw the same situation. Yes, right. Oh, the priest and the Levite and the good Samaritan, they saw the same deserted, hurt, wounded naked, half-dead man. They all saw the same man. They all saw the same situation. But what they saw turned their stomach. What he saw touched his heart. It's not as bad as it seems. You say, why? Because everybody ain't like the priest. Everybody ain't like the Levite. There's still some good Samaritans left. Will y'all help me just a moment? I've been thinking about getting me a podcast. (laughs) And talking about all them hypocrites that I saw Mm -hmm. in my daddy's church as a little boy. My daddy pastored a Baptist church full of people. Pastored four of them. No wonder he died. That'll kill you. That's why we look so old tonight. Baptists will do it to you, boy. Man, I saw all kinds of hypocrites in Daddy's church. How about that? Lied on the family, lied on my daddy. One guy accused my mama of stealing money. Now, look, my mama was Church of God before she got saved. So, you know, she didn't always believe you couldn't lose your salvation. And so somebody that may think you might can lose it, they ain't going to be stealing money. They'll go to hell for that. Well, my mom was one of the most godly people I ever met in my life. She never stole no money. One didn't get, said, your mama been stealing money. I said, you better take that back. I'm going to whoop you right here. We saw all kinds of stuff. I mean, brother, I saw hypocrites. I remember being in the grocery store one day, and I saw one of my daddy's members coming right down that main aisle with his buggy full of Budweiser. He saw me. I wasn't at 14. He saw me. Son, he done a 360, and he put that beer back. And I walked up to him, I said, I still saw that, and I'm going to tell Daddy. (laughs) He never came back to church. (laughs) I saw all of that. I saw people that wasn't real. Sure. Yeah. 
I saw some of the craziest people you ever seen in your life at a Baptist church. Yeah. I've been to some Baptist churches you'd have thought it was the tabernacle in the Old Testament. They were sending up incense. <laughs> You'll get that after a while. Man, I saw hypocrites. I saw some mean people. Sure. I saw some of that. But I need to tell you, God is my witness. Amen. I saw more good people than Amen. I did bad. Amen. I saw a lot more good people yes. than I saw bad. Yes. You think I'm going to stay about 40 years later and say, I'll tell you right now, that fella had that beer and his a, a basket was a hypocrite, so I ain't going to go to church. No, what about them other ones that oh. fell in there with God and, and prayed and tithed and won souls and shouted and read their Bibles and lived for God? Yeah, I saw some hypocrites. I saw some people that wasn't real but I saw some of the greatest human beings I've ever seen in my life and they wasn't preachers and they wasn't gospel singers they were plain old everyday saints of God that worked and kept their nose clean and paid their tithes and walked in that church and prayed and lived for God man that fed my family that clothed my body I want to something brother the government ain't kept up this old boy the government ain't fed me I ain't got no stimulus checks I want to do help me brother God God's family's clothed me. God's family's fed me. God's people's been good to me. I don't have any sad stories. I don't have any gripes. God has used his people to be good to me. I've made up my mind. If the Lord gives me liberty, the next time I see a certain individual, <laughs> And the Lord gives me liberty. Most of the time he'll say, shut up. But if I can talk him in, <laughs> if I have to just do it and get forgiveness, <laughs> I want to say to a certain individual, if a so independent Baptist is all that bad, we fed you. We clothed you. We fed you. We fed your children. We clothed your children. The house you live in, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, the food you eat. If us church people saw that mean, give it all back. Yeah. Oh, it would have been easy, Brother Josh. It would have been easy. That I don't want to say. I don't want nobody. Everybody's letting me down. I mean, look at these thieves. Look what they did to me. These thieves, they wounded me. They deserted me. Uh, look at this preacher over here, the priest. And look at the Bible man over there. All the religious people. Everybody's let me down. Everybody's disappointed me. Get away from me. It would have been so easy for him to give up on himself and everybody around him. But I want to crawl in that. I want to crawl in that ditch with that old boy. Amen. I want to wipe the blood off his face and say, hey boy, look in my eyes. I know them thieves done you in. I know people in your life has abused you. I know there's people that took advantage of you. And I know that priest didn't do right. And I know that Levite didn't do right. But don't you give up on people. There's somebody else headed your way. Amen. There's somebody else Amen. headed in your direction. Amen. He ain't a thief. Whoop. He's not a priest. Right. He's not a Levite. Right. Who is he? He 
he's a good Samaritan. He's a half-breed. He knows what it is to be made fun of. He knows what it is to be deserted. He knows what it is to be abused. And he's coming closer. And he's coming closer. And he's different than the rest. He walks different. He thinks different. He acts different. He is different. Because he's got compassion. Hey, 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 yeah, that's good. Hey. He has the ability. Yeah, that's good. To look beyond what you look like. Sure. Amen. Hello. Yes, sir. He has the ability to look over what you look like. Yeah. That's good. And meet the need in your life. Amen. I want to tell you something. Aren't you glad there's been people in your life that have the ability to look beyond your problem? Yes, sir. Yes. Thank God. Look beyond your hurt. Look beyond your pain. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm careful. I don't preach things I can't prove from the Bible. And I don't want to stretch it. But can I surmise? Yes, sir. This good Samaritan had to be somebody special. Yes, sir. Now, he either, I mean, he either had to be a shepherd or even a physician. You say, why is that? Well, who walks around with bandages? Right. <laughs> who walks around with medicine? Right. That's good. Yeah. Well, come to think of a few ladies in my church, but anyway, they... <laughs> Whatever's in that pocketbook, a kill you or heal you one. Say amen right there. <laughs> but this guy had bandages. Yes, sir. He had oil and wine. He had medicine. He knew how to apply it. Right. I don't know if he's a doctor. I don't know if he's a shepherd. I don't know if he's Monty Hall by curtain three or let's make a deal. <laughs> but I do know this. He was exactly what that man needed. Yes, sir. Amen. And not only was he exactly what that man needed, he had exactly what that man needed. Time out. Let me shout on this point. Oh, yeah. I love the Lord for many different reasons. Mm -hmm. But one reason I really love the Lord, He knows who I need, what I need, when I need it, and how to get it to me. Anybody ever gone to church and the preacher's up there preaching and you're thinking, hmm, somebody talk to him. Yes, sir. He read my mail. He's been tapping my phone. He's been reading my emails. Because that preacher preached right down your row. I mean, preached on the very thing you're struggling with. Yes, sir. Who told him? Well, if he's in tune with God, the Holy Ghost did. That's God sending you what you need. I remember one Sunday morning several years ago, man, it was terrible. I laid a royal egg in front of all them people and live on the internet. You say, did you strike out? I didn't even swing the bat. It's terrible. Worst sermon I preached in 37 years of being their pastor. The fact they kept me after that, they are good 
people. <laughs> I am lower than a snake's belly. I mean, I call on somebody to pray, and I don't perch myself at the back. I sneak my Elvis entrance and exit out the back. I don't want to see them people. I just laid an egg. It's terrible. Worst, I, it's, it's not the worst sermon. I, it's the worst sermon anybody has ever <laughs> Terrible. And I bet you, before I could eat my lunch, my cell phone, the text message, it, off the charts. Oh, Pastor, that's the best I've ever heard. <laughs> I text one guy back, you better read Revelation 21, which said all liars shall have their part in Lake of Fire. Yeah. 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 I bet my phone, oh, preacher, that's what I needed today. Oh, preacher, that's what I needed today. 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 And I thought, I must be out of tune. He didn't do nothing for me. But I didn't need it. That's right. Yes. But a bunch of God sheep needed it. Yes. And I said, Lord, even if you embarrass me, you're going to give your people what you need when they need it the most. Amen. Look at the text. I know the Levite didn't help him, but he couldn't. I know the priest didn't help him. But really, you couldn't. Yes. I get aggravated that them old boys passing him by, but they might as well because they ain't got no bandages. Right. 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 They ain't got no whoop, hole in wine. Right. Right. They passed him by because he didn't need them. Right. If he'd have needed them, God has sovereign enough. He'd have touched their heart like he did the Samaritan, and they'd have stopped by. No, the guy stopped by who had what he needed when he needed it the most. He didn't need nobody yelling at him and preaching to him and stomping on him. He needed bandages and oil and wine. He needed something to help him recover from his fall and disappointment. And I want to say tonight, it ain't as bad as it seems. It ain't as bad as it seems. Well, this one let me down. That one let me down. That didn't come through. That didn't keep their promise. Forget it. Shake it off. Somebody is headed your way. And they got what you need. And his name is Jesus. Woo! Yes. Bound up his wounds. Yes, sir. He didn't leave him like you found him. Bound up his wounds. Notice this little phrase. Notice this preposition. He didn't say poured on. He didn't say pour around. No, sir. He said poured in. This man is so wounded that surface relief is not going to help him. That's right. This is something that Vaseline cannot take care of. Right. Horse liniment. Avon. Skin repair. Noxema. Mary Kay. Estee Lauder. All night on Alabama Street. 
<laughs> Fuller brush, salve. Oh. Hemp. <laughs> I've never said that in my life. I can't believe I just said that. Okay. Man, you can't rub on what this guy needs. You can't even smoke what this guy needs. He needs some inside stuff. And aren't you glad when Jesus comes, he gives more than surface relief. He's, he works on the inside. Poured it in. That's right, brother. Poured it in the oil. Oh, that's good. We know the Bible talks about being anointed with fresh oil. Yeah. How that's always a picture of the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. Remember when David was given the analogy of that shepherd, how he anointed the head. Yes, sir of the sheep with oil. You see them sheep, especially them male sheep, at certain times of the year during what they call the rut, they'll stare at each other, put that head down, and bam! Baptist, I've seen it. <laughs> you ain't never been in a head busting to you getting a good old fashioned business meeting that goes bad. Say amen, right? One of my best buddies got, I love him, got voted out two Sunday nights ago over nothing. Nowhere to go, nowhere to live. Here we are, Thanksgiving and Christmas. He's in 60 plus years old. You pray for that old boy and his family, just precious people. But them sheep would bust their heads. That the base of that horn would crack and they start bleeding. And I'm not trying to freak you ladies out, but the insects would smell that blood and they'd land on it and they'd lay their lava. Yep. It would become a cyst, it would become a knot. It would come over the eye where the sheep couldn't see, it would dull his hearing where you couldn't hear, and it would it, it would be infected, just a mess. He couldn't hear the voice of the shepherd. He couldn't see the green pasture. He would lose his appetite. He would become weak. He'd become vulnerable. He'd be the first one that the coyotes and the wolves and the thieves and the robbers would devour. But that shepherd's got too much invested. He's got too much invested. So in his script, in his shepherd's bag, there was always a horn of oil. It was an ox that had died. And they cut his horn off and they would hollow it out and they would use it as a vessel to carry this oil to minister to the hurting sheep. And what that oil would do, it would cleanse the wound, fight off the infection, and start a healing process where the hide would grow back and the wool would grow back. And if it was a good job, you could look down the road and you could even tell it's ever been wounded. David 
said, hey, the Lord is my shepherd, but I'm going to get wounded. He leads me beside the still waters, but I'm going to get wounded. I'm eating in the green pastures, and I'm still going to get wounded. Yeah, surely goodness and mercy is with me, but I'm going to still get wounded. I'm going to still have heartaches and headbutts and this whole world of sin and sorrow. He said, but when I do, the good shepherd, he knows exactly what I need. He reaches and gets the horn and the oil. He anoints me. He lifts me back up. He poured it in. He poured it in. Yes, sir. Amen. And I love this part. Not only did he not leave him like he found him. And listen to this. Amen. This will make you kick your choir robe out. <laughs> not only did he not leave him like he found him, he did not leave him where? Right. Uh, Amen. Yes. Whoop. Hallelujah. That's right. Amen. Oh, no. He didn't leave him like he found him. And he didn't leave him where he found him. Amen. He found him deserted on the side of the road half dead. But, honey, he didn't leave him there. Yeah. He picked him up and brought him to an inn. What is an inn? Well, it's a home away from home. Uh-huh. Right. There you go. While you're on your way home. Yeah. Right. There you go. I checked in the one at 530 today. Wingate Inn. That's my home tonight. That's my home all day tomorrow. For the next two days, I live in Wingate Inn. In the metropolitan city of Lexington, South Carolina. Yes, sir, man. Among nine million cars at one stoplight. <laughs> Atlanta has come to you. Yes, yes, it has. Well, ain't quite that crazy yet, but it's on the way. It ain't my home. My home's in Atlanta, well, Jonesburg, Georgia. But that Wingate Inn is my home away from home. That's right. So you know what I'm going to do? It ain't even said. I'm going to take a bath over. <laughs> it ain't even said. Take me a bath over. You. you know what I'm going to do over there, Lord willing, in a few minutes? I'm going to take my Pepsi, drink my Maalox, calm my nerves down a little bit, and I'm going to let in that bed. I'm going to sleep like a baby. Cry all night. <laughs> in the morning, I'm going to go down there to all them other cheapskates and eat that free breakfast. Amen. I'm going to get that free cup of coffee and that free Danish. Amen. That probably came over here on the ark with Noah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to eat when I'm over there. Because that's my home away from home. Right. I ain't going to be in the dark. They got lights over there. I blew that little girl's mind that shaked me in. She said, hope you enjoy your stay. I said, well, I got a question. Yes, sir. I said, now the bathroom, is it in the room or do I have to go down to the hallway? <laughs> she said, man, ain't nobody ever asked me that before. <laughs> I 
I said, you ain't never named nobody crazy like me before. Man, I got a bathroom. I got an indoor job. Ain't that great? I got hot water. I got cold water. I got heat if I get cold. I got air if I get hot. I got a pillow. I got a blanket. I got a mattress. A free cup of coffee and a six-year-old donut. I'm styling and profiling in Lexington. It ain't my home, but it's my home away from home. Now listen, how many of you not saved? Washed in the blood. I'm talking regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? This world ain't your home. Heaven's your home. But guess where we are now? We're in the end. Our home away from home. Yes, sir. Sure. While we're on our way home. Uh-huh. Right. Amen. And the best way to recover from getting all boogered up, right. the best place to recover from getting hurt, abused, wounded, forsaken, disappointed, yes. is at the end. Amen. Amen. What's the end? That's the place where the light's shining. Right. Amen. That's the place where the doors open. Yeah. That's the place where the tables spread. Amen. That's the place where the hungry are fed and the weary are rested. The greatest place to recover is not sitting at home sulking in your defeat, but the best place to recover is at the end under the ministry of the oil. It's not as bad as it seems. That's a principle you need to recognize. You're still alive. There's a person you need to receive. Somebody's going to help you. Amen. Then number three, there's a promise that you need to remember. You say, what's that? Well, notice the last part of our text. He brings him to an end. And in that end is a keeper. He runs the end. And he says to that keeper, now in my absence, while I'm gone, you take care of this man. And I'm even going to give you what you need. Took out two pence and said, now you use what I give you to take care of this man in my absence. Amen. <laughs> now I'm telling you before I leave, Amen. it's not going to cost you to serve me. That's right. It's a privilege. Because hey. uh, when I come again, you will see this again. <laughs> I will be back. Coming right back here where I left off. When I get back, if you've been faithful, what I told you to do, payday. Payday. Yes, sir. Are you getting this? You've not seen the last of me. I'll be back. I'm going away, but I'll be back. I'll be gone for a little while, but I'll be back. And when I get back, payday. You say, what's that got to do with us? How many hints can I give you? 
Does anybody remember when the Good Samaritan came by? Do you remember when the Lord came by? Do you remember when he looked beyond your faults, saw your need? Do you remember him pouring it on, picking you up, taking you to? Yes, sir. And now we're recovering from the fall, from the disappointments, from the struggles and the storms of life. We're hanging around the end. Right, how you like our home away from home? <laughs> but wait a minute. There's a promise you need to remember. He coming back. <laughs> where? Here. Right. Right. To do what? Pick up where he left off. And if we've been faithful in doing what he told us to do, pay that. Amen. Hey! It ain't as bad as it seems because Jesus is coming. There's an old mountain preacher up there where dad used to pastor. He'd say, Whoa, cheer up. You'll soon be dead. <laughs> I'll be honest, I never got that one. I'll just be honest with you. That still goes over my head. And I hadn't thought of it in a while, but I think what he's trying to say, we're going to heaven. We'll live forever. We'll see Jesus. It's not as bad as it seems. Jesus is coming, and he's going to get us out of this mess. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you, the ultimate cure for COVID, the rapture. Yes, Amen. The ultimate cure for heart disease, rapture. The ultimate cure for tore-up stomachs and bad nerves and a raw esophagus. The rapture. Right. Yeah. The cure for stupidity. <laughs> and I'm not looking at anybody. I just had that thought. But how many are you glad for the rapture? The cure for broken families is the rapture. The cure for hurting hearts is the rapture. Jesus is coming. And it's not as bad as it seems. Hey. Again, I don't want to read into the Bible, but I got a wild imagination. Yeah, Let me use it. Amen, preacher. When this good Samaritan first finds this man, he's half dead. That means he's unconscious. He's alive, but he's not really aware of his surroundings. So therefore, when he left, that old boy still hadn't probably come to. And I don't know how long it took him to get his senses back, but one day, this recovering man, this fallen man, no doubt comes to his senses and he don't remember anything much. And there, he's in a strange place, looking at this guy he's never met before, the innkeeper. And I can't help believing he didn't say, well, where am I? <laughs> Who are you? How did I get here? And how would you like to have heard that keeper tell him the story? Uh -huh. Well, best I heard was one day you went down. Amen. You had a fall. You fell among some mean people, son, that done you in. And stripped you and wounded you and left you to die. 
In fact, you were so pitiful, the religious people in our community wouldn't even try to help you. But there's a man that you've never met yet. Let me emphasize, yet. Came by and looked beyond your fault and saw your need. He bound you up, poured it in, set you on, brought you to. And he left you into my care. Son, you'd have died if it wasn't for that man. You wouldn't be where you are if it wasn't for that man. And I can't help but believe that old boy goes, man, I sure would love to meet him sometime. At least to say thank you. I didn't even tell him thank you. I was so messed up, I don't even remember none of this much. I, I would love an opportunity to at least say thanks. Amen. Now I hear that keeper say, well, hold on. <laughs> He's coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> you hit at me, Bubba. Hey. Yeah. hey. You'll get an opportunity to see him. Uh-huh. Yes. And thank him. Amen. You'll be able to tell him face to face. Thank you. I appreciate it. Loving me when I was a lovable care when nobody else cared. Thank you for accepting me like I was and nobody else would. Thanks. You're going to get to do that. And I can't help, I can't help but believe that every day. Uh -huh. Amen. Uh-huh. That's right. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Them other people coming out in. What are you looking for? Him. <laughs> Amen. Who? Him. Yeah. Him who? The one that loved me. Amen. Amen. The one that helped me. Amen. The one that rescued my life. What y'all looking for him for? I want to see him. Why you want to see him? I want to thank him. Amen. Thank him for what? Loving me. Amen. Saving me. Yes, The scripture closes here, and I probably need to too. But wouldn't you love to have been there? Right. Wouldn't you love to have been a little fly on the wall in that end? When he strolls up out there. And that innkeeper says, son, that's him. That's the one. You know, one of these days, he's coming. And even though we've never made him face to face, there's not going to have to be an introduction. That won't even be an introduction. Because we know him enough, and we've read about him enough, and even though we ain't seen him, we're madly in love with him. That's what Simon Peter said. Whom he have not seen, we love and rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. But we will see him, and we will thank him, and we will worship him, because he's done for us what nobody else can do. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. So it's not as bad as it seems. Yes, sir. So I was about the other day 
My mind is low and confused and tore out of the frame as I've ever been in my life. Now, I didn't hear no audible voice. I didn't see no bright lights. I didn't feel no slap upside the head. See, I've been married. I have heard and felt all of that before. <laughs> but I just had something down in here, something down in there. Say, ain't as bad as it seems. That's right. I said, you sure? Oh, I never said that to God. Well, I did. I'm sorry. You're spiritual and I'm not. Tomorrow night we're going to preach on all your sins. <laughs> and they are many. Amen, brother. Yeah. But the Lord just had to remind me. Yeah. It may hurt. It may look bad. It may taste terrible. But it's not as bad as it seems. I'm still saved. My name is still in the book. Yes, sir. And I still got a home in heaven. I can't go to hell. That's right. I had a guy tell me to today. He said, won't you? I said, I can't. I said, I can't. I said, son, I can go to New York. I can go to Florida. I can go to California. I might even go to the moon. One of them rich people one of these days. But I can't go to hell. Amen. Because it's not as bad as it seems. Amen. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. When the rolling's call up, yo.